All right, greetings, podcast listeners, and welcome to my shot at live. That's not what this is called. My shot of live. So close. I remembered it. Uh, podcast with uh, both of your co-hosts. There's only two of us. There's only two of us. The same. The despite, same two. Despite all the wonderful guests we've had, we've on had the a show. couple good guests on the show. Uh, like Jordan so, Peterson. I wish Joe Rogan. Yeah, they're all they're on the we schedule. Have, they're on the schedule. We just haven't published it. You know, we wanna we have our release dates coming up. You know, we didn't charge them to get on the show. It's fine. Uh, so I'm Steven, by the way, and uh, we got a uh, we got a co-host in the in the building here. Victor, that's me. Yep, that's Vic. So the two guys, um, no girls. Surprising. Two and, guys, one podcast. And uh, you know, speaking of no girls, when I grew up, the uh, topic that we're talking about today kind of goes along with it because it, you know, kept us away from girls and getting uh, and getting in trouble. It's true. We're talking about video games, or as the old call it, video games. Video games can't get a video game pregnant. That's right. Well, not yet, at least. True. And maybe we'll talk about that today. Yeah. Uh, so we're talking about the video games, uh, how we felt their purposes in life, um, the impact on society, and maybe even the impact on the political uh, climate now. Nice. They're getting so serious, and, and even when they used to be pretty serious in the 90s. So talking about that, uh, today we're drinking whiskey again. We're going back to the whiskey bench. It's been a while. It has. We've been drinking beer out the yin-yang. And random other liquors gosh yeah. that oh, was a man. terrible run we had gin we had uh tequila tequila go uh, ahead and listen to those episodes if oh. you get a chance that's right today we're drinking old forester 100 proof signature blend mm. so this is straight out of kentucky orange label and uh vic what do you what are your initial impressions on the smell because it smells it smells robust. like whiskey but like a good whiskey, yeah. like a tasteful actually, yeah. whiskey. Have I you mean, already taken a sip? I have not taken a sip yet, and I've never had this before. We just cracked it. it today. But, you know, Stephen, when I look at this and I see 100 proof, I was intimidated immediately. But just based on the smell, I'm not as intimidated. I know. I can't push 100 either. You yeah. know? Like, I'm yeah. not that strong. So we'll see. Cheers. Cheers. Got a little sunshine at the end of it. That's not bad. Taste, it never is. <laughs> Taste no more. a little... Uh, we'll get into it later. Yeah, yeah. I've got some some comments. So today's toilet talk, we're talking about potty breaks and holding in your pee. That's a big one because... Because of, you know, things happen where you have to hold it in. You can't just go whenever you want true. to. You might be right in the middle of a big Fortnite session. Boo. Or sex. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> or Or just... On a bus or in, or in a car, car you yeah. can't, can't poop drive. in a car. You just gotta. You don't want to at least. hold it in. So that's what that's more damage than than you know you want. True. But anyways, we'll talk about our verses today, which is gonna be what's your favorite generation of console or generation of consoles? Yeah. Right. Yeah, because they all kind of want to push at the same time. Yeah, so. they typically come out at the same time. You know, I, I guess when they first came out, maybe there was just one of them, but uh, we'll talk about that. So after that, we'll wrap up with our review of the whiskey. Again, the Old Forester Signature 100 Proof. 
And today's subject, video games. Something that I've been dying to talk about on this podcast because I love video games. As an adult male, I'm in the majority and uh, I'm probably too old. Well, actually, I don't know. It's probably not too old anymore to be playing video games, right? When you say all people of all ages? Yeah. All genders, all races, all... Yeah. Everything. It's one of those... uh... Everybody loves them. I think when we grew up, not everybody. The stereotype was just that teenagers, little uh, teenage boys, would play video games. Yeah. I mean, I guess I guess the Atari came out, and then older people were playing it then, and even younger people. But now it's uh, it's I mean, it's really blossomed into something that I guess all, like you said, all sexes, all races, all genders, everyone can bond with it. You know, with the multiplayer, all, a lot of games are multiplayer now, so. I don't know. It's it's a really good time to be alive. There's a lot of great games out there. A lot of great technology. Oh, and you now know, and the on PS5, the PS5, the PS5 coming out maybe. I mean, it hasn't been announced yet, but you know, we can only sex robots. That's already out. I don't know. Are those video games? Hmm. Are those considered video <laughs> games? Maybe board games. Get it? Oh yeah, I do. Yeah. Okay, that was pretty nice. Um, so Vic, starting off, what's your, or what was your favorite video game? Bruh. Well, so, can I guess? Uh, yeah, go for it. Wait, what are we talking like current? We're talking, we talking of all like, time. Of all time? That's if tough, you had man. If you had to pick a game right out the gate of all time. Ooh. All right. Are the, you going to guess? The first Dishonored. No. I was going to say, there was a, I was going to say Zelda, but I don't know if you played Zelda. Uh... I did not start playing Zelda until the Nintendo 64. Oh, yeah, that was a massive... I do own all of the Zeldas for NES and Super Nintendo. That's because they're an investment now, right? They are an investment for sure. Um, I have not played them. I have them and own them. Uh, favorite game of all time, Bioshock Infinite. PS3. Ooh, yeah. Well, you've played that a couple times through, haven't you? I have played that maybe two or three times through. Um, so I'll start off by saying what um, with a game with a game like that because it doesn't have any. To me, it wouldn't have much replay value because it's mm. a single player game. But what keeps you coming back to a single player campaign game? So I think they had a little bit of DLC, which was fun to play. Um, Downloadable content for those. You. We'll try to facilitate some of the people who aren't familiar with video games. Uh, put it in layman's terms. Uh, and then initially when I said campaign, it's just uh, a single-player mode that has a story. Yeah. Well done, Steven. Um, yeah, uh, I replayed it on a different difficulty, um, so that made it a little more interesting, you know, a little more challenging after, you know, I normally run through the first time on whatever regular difficulty there is. And then if I feel like I did well, I'll jump up to the hard difficulty. Otherwise, you know, whatever. But... Yeah, it's. Is there anything else? Does the story change with a harder difficulty? Not so much. Uh, some of the enemies do change. Uh, the strategies involved in defeating the enemies will change, but the overall storyline is is the same. Um, and there's a lot of uh, not really butterfly effect moments in Bioshock Infinite, but you know some choices that you have to make along the way that you think while you're playing oh this is going to have an impact on how the game plays out and it has zero impact so you know that's that's fun i guess i I mean i've seen games in the past where like when you would play it and you would play on a hard difficulty and you would 
unlock more to the game. Like mm. you would actually have an extra stage at the end of the game, or you. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Mike just fell off on me. Right Mike here. just went flaccid. Where? Okay. Why is it not tight? Okay. Anyways, um, yeah. So there was there were different uh, game like depending on what game mode you played on, you could unlock a different character, or you could unlock extra part at the end of the game, or like maybe a hidden cutscene or something, which I always thought was cool because it brought you back to play the game again. You know. And then now, so this is going to get us into, you know, our point, or one of the points that I wanted to make today was DLC. You brought it up in Bioshock Infinite. Sure did. You had to pay for it, right? I don't remember. I don't think so. It was oh. just, it was just a, an update? I want to say they, that was one where they did not have, or like I had some sort of code with, because I bought it like after it had come out um, mm-hmm. that I had like some sort of slip with all the D like it came with the DLC when I bought it. Oh, you bought like a deluxe edition or something yeah. like that. Oh, okay. Uh, so you anticipate they had, had already announced that they were coming out with DLC. Yeah. In the it future. had been out for a while and I was just kind of getting into gaming at the time because I was out of it for a while. And then mm-hmm. uh, when I bought my PS three, I specifically bought it for dishonored and mm-hmm. then, yeah. you know, after playing that and asking people about similar styled games, Bioshock came up. And so that's when I got it. Uh, yeah, so bringing that point up again, um, DLC wasn't always what it is now. Or at least I guess DLC was something that was manufactured, created later on in the video game cycle, right? I guess initially it was it was something that was made later on after the game came out to encourage people to kind of go back to the game. And then now it seems like games are, they make the game and then there was, there's a lot of controversy around some games withholding content and then putting it in DLC just so they can make extra money. Yeah. Um, And that's something that I felt was, uh, obviously it's, it's unethical, but I want to say that there was a really good example of this with Gears 3, Gears of War 3. Um, You would, when you bought the game there was uh, all the maps were included in the game and it's funny because i guess if you had the computer version of it you could look into the files the program files of the game and you can break down and see what's included that's how some people see uh dlc or or unlocked like if you play a game and then you unlock a character by doing so and so task that it ordinarily doesn't advertise you can find that out through looking through the files well, they found out that two of the maps, or some of the maps, or all the maps, or whatever it was for Gears of War 3, that you were going to get through DLC were already on the disc. But whenever you bought the DLC when it came out, it would just unlock them. Mm. So so they had purposely like planned to for withhold, it and then withheld it. Yeah. Now, again, I think that was just some of the maps. I think I misspoke. Uh, but the fact that they already had it on the disc so it wasn't like they had to make a new map and then release it and then sell it yeah it was already done it's kind of a tough i mean like a tough balancing act for these companies because they do have to stay on the precipice of their tech not like the technology that's available but in order to do so they're going to need cash inflows obviously and i guess sometimes like there's there are ways you should handle it and ways you shouldn't um, having stuff like preloaded and then only unlocking it based on, hey, you've got to pay us money for this DLC. 
that's kind of a crappy way to go about it. Um, other companies, you know, that is just the straight up. They, you know, wanted to push the the game to market. They got it out there. You know, it was met with great critical acc- acclaim and praise and whatever. And then they decided to continue making content for it yeah and that's what in my mind is dlc you know if you want to expand the gameplay or you have more content that doesn't necessarily merit another game right or you want to take the story in a different direction like dishonored 2 for example they had like one of the main side characters instead of having dlc they actually made a spin-off game um for this person Mm, um and so you played as them which was kind of unique so you got to see the the game from a different perspective almost um, with a little bit different storyline, but that was its own separate hard disk. I mean, yeah. I'm, I could have downloaded it, but you know, the hard disk was actually cheaper and then had, you know, some bonus content with it. So that's what I ended up doing, but that's a good way to go about it. You know, you, you present it in essentially another game or another story. You're not hammering someone for cash. I mean, a lot of the people that play these games are kids, and that's another mm-hmm. thing I'm sure we'll talk about a little bit later. Digging to their parents' pockets. Yeah, is like, you know, these kids who enjoy these games, maybe not Gears or Dishonored or, or like M-rated titles like we might like to play, mm-hmm. but M for Mature, by the way, for all you non-video gamers out there. Similar to, like, uh, I guess, Rated R. Yeah, Rated uh, R movies, movies. If that's what Rated you want to think games, about. pretty much. Uh, so yeah, that's, uh, yeah, I, I can see that I can see like, a the, I understand, I guess from a publisher standpoint or from a company standpoint, they, um, they have to pay for servers. I mean, server expenses aren't cheap, right? And you have, you know, you could have hundreds of thousands of people in your server, depending on what kind of game you are. You know, if, if you're Fortnite, you probably have millions of people playing your game every day. So that server, like if your server is going down, you're losing customers or potential customers. That game's free, but um, they can also pay money if they want extra stuff. For for in this case, Gears of War. I'll use that example just because it's the easiest thing fresh in my mind. If you're trying to pay for your server, or like if you've already had the DLC released, right? It's on your disc. You just haven't opened it up yet. That's a good opportunity to for people who are like fading out and like you know don't want to play Gears anymore. And you're like, we're dropping DLC. The first DLC's free. That's what you gotta do. It's already on the disc. It's free. We just, for whatever reason, locked it up for you. And I don't know. I don't know what, what kind of... We still of, had some bugs to fix. Maybe. Sure. You Maybe could, they had legitimate reasons. Sure, you could do that. Yeah. But don't charge money for it when it's already finished. So that's something you could do. Obviously, their PR department had to go through that situation. Uh, now... Like I said, DLC kind of started off really small, and then now it's a big thing where almost every game seems to have some sort of DLC, and uh, you have pre-orders now, right? So you pre-order the game, and you get extra DLC. You get extra skins, which is like a, a different uniform or a different outfit for your character, or you get different superpowers, or you get more cash in the game, or, you know, whatever it is. And that's because... A, trying to make more money, but B, they've taken out cheat codes pretty much in all games now. Yeah. And if you recall, when we grew up, that's all it was, was cheat codes. I mean, they sold stuff, too, that was specifically geared toward inputting cheat codes. Game Sharks uh, were the ones that I was familiar with. They were a little more difficult with disc-based 
yeah but the consoles con- but the game boys yeah game boys and, and super nintendo i mean cartridge based you know you just plug that bad boy infinite in, lives and then you'd plug the the game into the game shark which was plugged into the console and then you just you know i wonder how that stuff works if they programmed a file on that game shark and then whenever you select the game it just opens the file up and it pushes into the the disc or not the disc but the cartridge i mean i remember having like printed pages and oh, pages yeah. of cheat codes for random games i mean that was it was even cool whenever you played uh when you played mortal Kombat, right so one of the earliest most controversial games of all time mortal Kombat, which know, we'll get into that later. one-on-one fighting you know uh ripping people's heads off blood squirting everywhere it was it was crazy all the kids loved it of squirt, course squirt uh even in those games that they didn't use game shark right but you didn't know any combos no one knew combos and there were hidden moves and they're called fatalities so whenever you won you could you could literally rip someone's head off or whatever you or freeze them to death or whatever it was but there were, there was never anything published but i guess eventually people played the game enough that they came up with the the right combos and they published them online and then eventually games got so big and grandiose that they could have uh, proper video game menus and the menus would have all your combos that you could do it's stuff like that when you play when you were younger it was so simple like you would literally just pick the game up and you would have to learn you would well, i guess by simple i would mean that there was there was no here's a three hour tutorial or a 30 minute tutorial yeah. to get in the game you literally just play the game and Mash you learn buttons. as you play the game yeah. you get easy levels in the beginning and then you if you start doing really well then you start getting harder and harder missions and then eventually you learn because you die so many times you get frustrated <laughs> Uh, and then now it's like some games kind of kind of like walk you along, you know, a little bit. And you can pick your difficulty now in a lot of games too. I would say the only cheat codes that really exist now are people like actually paying the money for power-ups and whatnot oh, and yeah. whatever it costs. And, you know, the average gamer is at a significant disadvantage. I, I mean, it's technically not cheating, but it's, you know, kind of a crappy way to go about um, especially when the games are designed for that specifically to let the all-powerful people be the ones who pay the most money. Um, and I think that's mainly because of the most games have the online feature now, and, and it's you can't you can't put cheat codes in a game whenever there's thousands, maybe even millions of people who are playing online because if you're not, then everyone would have to put cheat codes in, and then you know, yeah, it, it would be. I think the only thing now that I've noticed a lot, and, and you notice it with people doing speed runs a lot now for world records, are, you know, if you f- can find some sort of glitch in the game, they'll have glitchless speed runs, and then they'll have you know glitch speed runs, which are normally quicker, but that's that's pretty much it's not a cheat code really. It's like everyone in Mario Kart knows the shortcuts. Oh yeah. Like if you can hop if you can, essentially if, through one of the walls on Wario uh Wario Speedway. Right. And sixty four. All I have to say is if you can do that every time, you deserve it. Oh yeah. Because it's tough. It is tough. Well there's people who can jump over like on Wario Head Speedway at uh what's the game called? Mario Kart sixty four, right? Yeah. Uh I guess you can hop over the fence and then you can hop over that same fence a little bit farther down and that's a lap. Yeah. That's three seconds, five seconds maybe. Yeah. Um so 
I More mean, power if you can, to yeah, you. If you can do it, you can also waste... Because it does take skill. It's not like you're just putting in a code and getting the benefit. You, it takes skill to execute the shortcuts. Right. And you could definitely waste minutes trying to get that shortcut to work. If True. You, if you Rainbow Road. We were getting on the subject of... We talked about DLC. We talked about... Pay to play. Yeah, cheat codes. But then now, let's get into pay to play because that's... That seems to be the way that video games are going. And uh, we saw, I think this initially started, I don't have any reports here or no one's feeding in my earpiece, but I think it started with mobile games, freemium games. Oh, yeah, man. That, that's where it got big. And that's uh, that's where it got, not necessarily, it got a little political and it got a lot of legal in there as well. I don't know if you know, a while back because even with like not real intuitive games like candy crush and stuff that's kind of oh, where yeah. this all started mm-hmm. the freemium like you mentioned you know free to download but, but you have to people you, were getting one and we'll talk about this later they were like getting addicted to the mobile game but extra lives cost money and it was like 99 yeah. cents for three or something like that but kids were playing and just buying lives and their parents were getting these huge cell phone bills oh, yeah. and didn't even realize and it. didn't realize that their kids were spending all this money and so that's where you know well, that's di- your problem by giving their kid your phone true like <laughs> find something actually entertaining for them to do um spend time with your kids uh and but, we'll get we'll get into that this later is not the only time we've that's ever the first, said that first instance of poor parenting I with like video we've, games we've done more to come we have lectured parents in at least three different podcasts yeah. i think there's a book out there i can't remember who wrote it it's like, something about read like parenthood so the guy who wrote it like isn't married or doesn't have parenthood kids of or the traveling pants that. yeah right something along those lines the tra- chicken chicken soup overalls. for the parent chicken chicken stew for the dirty shoe dirty shoe uh we were talking about the freemium, freemium games. games uh there's now like a disclaimer whenever you download these freemium games about you know hey there are in-app purchases here no one's reading it yeah no one reads it but Whenever but it's you there for liability like purposes, that. right? Yeah, exactly. Because that was the legal part of it um, with the, the issues that were rolling in. So Now we see that going over. And again, like you were talking about freemium, for anyone who doesn't understand this, it is basically you're download, downloading a game that is absolutely free to play, free to download, but you can only play for 10 turns or, or uh, 30 minutes or, you know, I don't know. Maybe even less than that, depending. I guess they make they make it so that you can play a lot at the beginning, and once you level up to a certain spot or you get into a certain part of the game, you have to wait a day to play more, or you have to play or wait eight hours until you get one energy bar. I don't know, just you know, spitballing here, but they make it so either you're gonna come back in eight hours and play, or or a day or you're gonna put money in so you can keep playing every single day and it's not a lot of money initially to keep playing but obviously it it adds up over time and we even see i mean if you look at the the free-to-play games in the app store right now i mean you can see you know who knows what but i guarantee you absolutely it's going to be a game that's free to play um because i mean it's just they make so much money it's so easy to to get involved in one of those games if you're paying for a game on the app store typically doesn't charge anymore afterwards mm. so that's that's just mobile games though now and yeah. uh i mean you've seen it with regular games right regular game i'm regular games 
and I'm <laughs> you can play say, play me and I'm here to say play and push my buttons baby I want you to wiggle my joystick if you know what I'm saying I'm I don't even know what to say right now and I'm candy candy legs you can li- <laughs> lick my licorice anytime <laughs> all right you're gonna sub- submit that to Justin Royland yeah. How about That's we? My t- audition. We're gonna tweet Justin Roiland this uh, this episode. Yeah. He's into video games, as oh, yeah. we learned Speaking when we of, when we met him that one, one of time. our. Yeah. He didn't talk about it much. <laughs> <laughs> that thirty second meeting and uh, we we met. Uh, if you guys watch Rick and Morty, this is a brief side note, by the way. Not too much into video games. We're gonna give him a free plug here. Yeah, free plug. Justin Roiland. He's a writer and. He is a voice of many characters on the show Rick and Morty, which we are avid fans of. True. And uh, anyways, he has a video game company, yes. pr- production company, Squanch or just regular games. Squanch Games. It is a VR. Used to be specific. Used to be Squanch Tendo. Correct. Now Squanch Games. Correct. Cary, North Carolina. Somewhat, or Apex. Or it's in Wake County. I think. Okay. Yeah. So it's it's in the area. Uh, we saw him at a bar in downtown Raleigh. Said hey to him. He definitely doesn't remember us, which <laughs> don't even care. But uh, it was just really cool. And um, he has a game called The Accountant, which yep, with fits more, it, more games to come, which uh, fits in with us because we're accountants. And if it's you true. watch the game on YouTube, which you don't, you don't have to buy it. It's a VR game. You can watch it on YouTube, and it is hilarious. It is pretty it's good, pretty solid. It's like a, an hour long game. So check that out on YouTube. Uh, look up Justin Roiland. Can't David. remember his name. Free plug. Squanch Free plug. Games. Squanch They've got Games. A new and, game uh, coming out at some point here. I don't know what it's called, but you can do your own research. He's not paying us, but we're giving him somewhat of a plug. So. Yeah, he's a good guy. Seems like a good guy, at least. We'd love to have you on the show sometime, Justin. All right, so back to the show. We talked about freemium on mobile devices, and then mm-hmm. I freemium on... But there's not really much freemium on the console. Uh, I guess the console library there are yeah. games that are freemium i mean not just a, not a lot let's talk about like an extreme example you brought up that whatever star wars game was it ea ea games mm. came out with that and that was yeah, a the, big the loot of it the loot, loot boxes okay so that is that is a form of gambling paid uh paid night it's not even dlc it's like paid i don't know i don't know what you call it enhancements like what i mean it is so one of the netherlands the netherlands looked over the, I guess, the whole case with loot boxes in video games and said that it was basically gambling and it introduces gambling elements to young kids. Because mm. games like this, FIFA, Madden, and Star Wars and other games like it. All EA games, basically. <laughs> yeah. Those are, uh, at least those are EA games. Oops. I'm sure there's other games, too. <laughs> Not calling other... you out. Don't sue us. We're just saying. But uh, they introduced gambling elements to video games I guess the issue is you you can put in work on your game and you unlock or you uh, you gain currency in the game, right? So the more you play, the more money you make. Kind of like when you're working at work. When you arrive to your office and then you put in the hours and you get money and then you spend your money on a hidden box, which it could pay for your rent or it could pay for a year supply of rent or it could, uh, you know, give you $1. You know, and you pay your whole paycheck for it. That's, that's kind of like the idea, right? Is that a, de- a decent metaphor? Yeah. So you could have a lot of benefit. There's a lot of downside. And there's a lot of upside. And you have to spend your money. Or you don't have to spend your money. But the point is that you're making this money so that you would spend it on something to enhance 
your players or your team or, or your equipment or unlock new yeah. things. So whatever it is. And um, these games introduced it, and they they never published their, uh, I guess, their ratios on, like, how, like, good to bad, right? So what's the likelihood that you're going to get a really good player? One out of 100 or one out of 10,000. Those are never really published. So it's it, it could be that it never happens. You know what I mean? And then uh, there's other things too, but j- j- the idea is that you don't know what you're going to get out of it. So it is, in a way, gambling your time, you know? And you could argue that, why would you put so much time in a game and blah, 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 but, you know, whatever. Uh, but you can also spend money on it. So you can spend actual cash on FIFA points or on stubs in the baseball game that I play or uh, Madden cash or whatever it is. And then you can spend your real money on that Madden cash and you can use the Madden cash to buy a pack of players. And you don't know what's going to be in the pack of players. It's just like ba- buying a pack of trading cards. And then you open it up and then you get a bunch of – who's a really bad football player? Eli Mannings. <laughs> a bunch of Eli Mannings. You open up a pack and you have six 2017 Eli Mannings. And you're like, oh, what am I going to do with this? Put him, put him on the bench is what you're going to do because he sucks. Anyways, so that's that's the controversy right now. The Netherlands have, has passed and said that it is gambling. It is a form of gambling. So uh, those games are probably either going to be banned in those areas or they're going to have to rework it just for that country because there's no way they're going to give it up in the United and, States. And what happened uh, with the rest of that? I know at one point EA you know, delayed the... Oh, the, so we're we're talking about Star Wars, right? Yeah, the issuance of that game okay. or something. So the here here was that here was the story behind Star Wars, which was you would in a sam in a similar way you would play the game, get currency for playing the game, and then you would unlock Darth Vader. You would unlock loot boxes, which is the same thing as buying like a pack of cards again, uh, and you could unlock a character like Darth Vader, which would ordinarily take you. If you were to buy him outright instead of buying him in a pack or a loot box, it would take you, I think someone did the math on Reddit, like 20 hours. So 20 hours of playing to get one character in a video game. Again, a little bit ridiculous. Um, or you take your risks and you try to unlock him in a loot, a loot box, and you can get multiple things in a loot box. So you can get, you could have potentially got a Darth Vader and then a shield upgrade and then a gun upgrade or a different gun, you know, whatever it is. Uh, so you're taking that risk or you're just going to suck it up and play and then you're going to spend all that money on one thing after 20 hours. So uh, the issue there was that people who could, people who would pay money could get that player easier because it would just give them that cash in exchange for real cash. EA, there was a lot of fans, there was a lot of backlash around it. So people were trying to they were trying to boycott the game. I think it still did pretty well overall. But the main thing with that game was that they gave away free DLC. Mm. So that's what you see now. I mean there was definitely negative connotation whenever. Yeah. Uh and uh it didn't help them out a lot and it really sucks that EA has an exclusive license to make video games uh Star Wars video games. And so they kind of control the market when it comes to that but anyways it sounded like at e3 this year e3 being the is it entertainment electronic arts, entertainment electronic arts what is no, it yeah oh, what oh no e3 e3 is electronic entertainment expo i believe 
Not a clue. So that's video game, like a video game expo that comes out every year. And uh, I think it was a couple weeks ago, EA pretty much admitted that they were at fault when the game came out. That it was uh, it was an inappropriate way of handling the whole situation. Um, I think when the whole backlash happened, right when the game came out is when the backlash happened. So within a week, people who had free, early access to the game were already talking about it. People who haven't even played it yet were talking about how they were originally going to buy it, then now they're not. Um, it eventually led EA to decrease the prices of all these characters that were going to take twenty hours of worth of con- uh, twenty hours worth of currency to get, and then now it's going to be five hours. You know, so uh, a little bit more reasonable. But the fact that it took an army, so to speak, to to change it, kind of sucked. But at the end of the day, if you're looking at it from a financial standpoint, it's a great business model, right? Yeah. I mean, if you want to make millions of dollars, look at FIFA. Actually, if you want to make billions of dollars, look at FIFA. Because they sell those packs, and they give you crappy players every pack. <laughs> and then you're like, oh, eventually I'm going to get that Ronaldo, and you're never going to get that Ronaldo. You're never going to get him. Messi's better. Just kidding. <laughs> Argentina <laughs> sucks. <laughs> so, so getting out of that type of controversy the pay to play should we talk about violence 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 in video games my favorite huge this is one of my favorite things and it touches on a couple aspects here what we brought up earlier was about parenting you know if your kids are unsupervised playing a video game you know they probably shouldn't be depending on their age like if you if they bought a hundred extra lives at a dollar a pop on their freemium game like that's your mm-hmm. fault that's your fault i'm sorry um especially nowadays now that they have the warnings whenever you download the apps that are like hey you know this has in-app purchases remember that remember that so yeah it's quit being a bad parent i guess we're, um, we're kind of being on the fence of you should be aware of what your kids are playing i can yeah. i can also understand that when you get older you don't have time to get involved invested in like understanding what all the nuances are True. i guess if i were to say Your kid says i want this game you just get it and right you're like all right he's gonna have fun with this game i don't have to worry about it but yeah. you know again or she if it's, or she or okay but yeah violent video games bruh that's been in the news these days um it's been in the news for a long long time um despite the fact that science actual real scientific <laughs> studies say that uh there is no correlation between violent video games and violent behavior but uh, the media wants to paint it in a different picture, especially those darn liberals on like CNN and NBC and stuff. Those crazy leftists are like, we don't, even though those are the people that are driving the video game industry, like the creative ones that can actually make good content. Okay, I'm done now. Anyway, Keep um, it up. you got it? I got it. I got it. Uh, violence. Yeah, um, I mean, I, I get, I get what, you, what you're saying though. Yeah. Like, uh, what I'm going for is that like monet like do some research as a parent before you get your kids a an m-rated video game like you should at least know what the ratings stand for yeah it's know? not that hard it's you know it's just as bad i think we talked about this before is going into a movie and not knowing what the rating in the movie like is. deadpool oh it's a superhero movie oh yeah but it's rated r yeah come on parents not r and then they're gonna go on social media and complain that they took their kid to this movie or bought their kid this video game that was violent they had no idea who do i want who can i sue that's their first you know (laughs) that's all Uh, i have to say no but 
Sorry, I'm. We're done with parents. Let's just talk. Okay. Violence. Violence in video games. Or do we like it? Is that what we're saying? I mean, I like it. I. I, I mean, that's the. That's like the point of a video game. Yeah. I, I play a particular style of video game. I like. Uh, we're actually three Shooter, di- stealth. Three different genres that I, I like to play. Mm-hmm. Um, one of which is like story oriented. Um, if you haven't, you know, checked out um, Life is Strange. That's one of my favorite video games um mm-hmm. and it's you just like take pictures and it's story it's like uh what do they call those like a movie essentially you know a video uh, game movie almost yeah like those telltale games where you yeah. have the storyline yeah so it's good it's like decision based and uh until dawn was another really good one it was essentially Ooh, did you like, finish that i did finish it, oh that yeah. was great dude it's a uh, really good games um that are very story driven and more so like decision there's no big crazy things that you have to do um not really it's it's fun too i guess uh there's times where you could die but then you end up yeah you know, it's it, also it goes fun. with the story it's also fun in the sense that like you can have people watch like i enjoyed oh yeah people like like i i played it through myself but then i also watched you play a little bit i've watched it played through online a couple times mm-hmm. it's just an entertaining that's the type um, of story. game it is. There's... And there are multiple outcomes depending on the decisions you make. Yep. So each time you watch someone play, it's you know different from when you played it. Right. Um, so that's really cool. Uh, I also like Hack and Slash occasionally, which is... Dante's Inferno. Yeah, it tends to be uh, third person. I've played Devil May Cry oh, and did you, Dante's Inferno. Did you like... Wait, was in Devil May Cry, was that Dante? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's was. crazy. They made a Dante's Inferno game, and they yeah, also made so, a Devil May Cry game. Right. So, the, but they're I not mean, the Devil same. Devil May Cry right? has like its own franchise. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and they're making a Devil May Cry Five, by the way. Yeah. I don't know if you're uh, about Dynasty that. Warriors. I don't know if you ever played that's that. That's what I was one. actually that is bring like up. the ultimate hack and slash. If you want to kill thirteen thousand people <laughs> in one level, <laughs> <laughs> on a on a horse. Yeah. That's but, the game. But uh, again, I think you're noticing a trend other than you know the story line driven games um you know the hack and slash definitely more violence involved um but then i like to play first person one player video games dishonored bioshock uh and recently got uh, a game very very similar in style where you have the option to like use mm-hmm. powers but also kind of wield a, some sort of weapon uh was prey and i remember making the uh, comment to you at some point where I didn't enjoy playing it as much because you weren't killing people. <laughs> yeah, there's a Which, lot of moving around. It's it's a little dark to just straight up say that. Um, you were killing aliens instead well, it's, of people. It's a release, right? Like, you know, when, are you, when you go in a game and you can kill like a monster, an imaginary monster, it's almost like yeah. conquering your demons. Yeah. It was like... Or you're, you're in the hero's journey. Right. It was good. Yeah, it but... It was a good experience. But that but, game is... It's, you're walking around and you're back there's a lot of open space and the literal space yeah. um takes place there but um i kind of like the games and i hate to say this because i i love open world games i don't know if you would call prey open world i guess it has it, it like was just can, too big there was no there was no track there are games that put you on a track and then it's like all right now go this way and, and then you, you can deviate it. a little bit right but. and i kind of like that just because i don't like to have to to wonder where I'm supposed to be at. I've I play games sometimes and I and I'm like I'm spending 30 minutes trying to figure out where I'm supposed to be at right now. Yeah. That's how bad I get sometimes. <laughs> God, I, I didn't read that one I, text that guy said and I didn't know what he meant. So, I think it's the idea of like being the hero, you know, like when you're out there, you know, killing these people for good 
Or like in the case of some games, you're actually the anti-hero and you don't find that out until the end. Mm-hmm. Not going to name game names, but uh, you have to play for yourself. Um, but yeah, it's that idea of like you're saving people. You know, I can't go out and do that in real life. So living vicariously through a video game uh, is is better that way. But yeah, they're violent. It happens. Um, like I said, this it, Stephen mentioned it's a release. It's like you get to separate yourself from the real world for an hour or two a day or, you know, however long the game takes you to play through. It's nice. It's great. Days when it rains, what what else could I do? I mean, I don't want to... You could watch TV. You could watch TV and learn nothing. It's just the young people's way of watching TV. You know what I mean? Like when our parents grew up, they grew up in front of the television. I think we, I, you could say we. My parents are old, man. Television. So it was a black and white television. They're old. So it was a I newspaper. I think when they, were, when they were kids, I mean, they had TV. The radio. Yeah. I think they, had, they started with. What's the radios. thing? It was like beep, 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 telegraph. telegraph? Yeah. My Your parents, parents listen to the telegraph. Every night, old old, but what if they what if they used to gather around the telegraph and listen to like ghost stories on the telegraph? And it's like it was just Morse code. That would be hilarious. Morse, M O R. I'm gonna make a movie. Actually, I'm gonna make a skit where all the kids are gathered around and all you hear is beep 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 beep, and then like the subtitles come up by letter, and then the kids are just like, oh my god, and they're by the lantern, and you know, and it's just dark poop. P-O-O-P. Yep. And the ghost even is like, tee-hee-hee. I don't know. I don't really know about the ghost. Or he's yet. like holding a severed head of a child. No, I was not thinking of something really old. Oh. He's like eating margarine. Margarine. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. What do old people eat? Jelly? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> what is the, what is the, I'm thinking Ovaltine, of. Ovaltine. Pr- prunes, yeah. That's it. Okay. Uh, <laughs> violence. Violence. Um, I mean, it's uh, it it's like like I was saying, it's um, it gets your mind off of things, it helps you kind of relax. I mean, I guess you could use it as a coping mechanism in some aspects. Uh, it is a time waster. I can, you can learn lessons in some games though, and you can have experience. So the violence is worth it. Yeah, absolutely. The new God of War game. Oh, ten I- out of ten. I've not played it. But. I'm only two hours in, but uh, my buddy let me borrow it, and it is—it's so good. I can already tell though that I'm—I'm I'm not a father. I don't anticipate being a father anytime soon. But I feel like from watching what I've seen so far, you get it—you get to kind of see how he treats his son, and then you're like, okay, like that—I can see the good and the bad there. And it's, it's like a psychology to it. So I don't like it so far. It's—it's kind of neat, um, and that, that's obviously a really, really. Uh, violent video game but they're all i mean all the creatures in the game are you know they're mythological creatures so so do you think the media and you know the leftist population or i guess conservatives too yeah i mean i think i think in the 90s were some of the conservatives right yeah but Uh, even with the call of duty there's any merit in fars i mean gta was a big one grand theft auto for all you non-video game people out there was a big one do i think that video games lead to violence yeah, do you think there's any merit behind what they're saying is, you know, too much exposure or... Like, desensitization, is that a word? Desensitization. Desensit- Desen- that sounds good. Desensitization. desensitization. Oh, they become desensitized. Is what I'm getting at, yes. 
um, to the violence. You might. I mean, you might. But then you could also argue that watching the news desensitizes you to violence because that's, that's what they, they glamorize it. Yeah. Uh, that's all you hear about. Maybe we should talk about the, the media. Dude, that's One a good episode. episode. That's a good episode. How horrible it is. Put that on the list, fanboys, fangirls. Put it on the list. Email us because we'll forget and we'll listen to this episode. Woo, woo. <laughs> I just... <laughs> side note. Uh, I sat for a tattoo session on... We won't say days because it doesn't really matter at this point. But mm-hmm. my tattoo artist and I talked politics the entire three hours. <laughs> so it was like... Oh, did he really? Oh, uh, it was really cool to get like his perspective. It's so fun. Was he open or was he very... Oh, very open. Oh, really? It, it's so fun to see like guys who are tatted up or women too anyone who's super tatted and i'm not like, gonna ask what his position was but was it what you would expect it to be no not necessarily he's very very moderate oh really yeah um which was kind of cool um interesting but yeah it's just like you see this guy this like super light-hearted guy who's very intelligent and it's just like super He's tatted covered in yeah tats. that's another like nice. stereotype that people have but i've been going to him for a couple years now so i know him pretty well it's good but. to know that i mean we i think we've learned that in the past couple and i know we're not deviate too much but we've learned that you know don't judge a book by its cover exactly like you know just because you know what you would look like someone who wore like a button-up shirt and uh dress slacks doesn't have to be a conservative and someone who yeah they could like violent video games <laughs> yeah crazies yeah we encourage responsible gaming responsible gaming and uh you know vent through your gaming sessions and not in real life because that's what the games are for simulation true uh is there anything else you want to touch on it because i know there's one more this thing is, we're getting we're touching on like around 40 plus minutes there's one more video game category i want to get to before we dive into i think we should switch it up and go versus then toilet talk because versus is actually kind of related to yeah. the topic but addiction is that oh yeah yeah that was the that was the only other thing i have other things we could talk about but Mm. that is a big hot button issue because this week the week of june 17th the week of the summer solstice um there was an article that was published indicating that gaming can be a mental illness or i guess it's not even the addiction of gaming i don't know what how they classified it did they have a did they explain what the term was Mm, i do not recall but i can stay say this uh once again parents if you think your child has a gaming problem intervene be a parent do your job don't just complain on social media and pull the media into it because they're just gonna twist it the way that they want it all right so it was the who organization which is the world health organization Ah. considered it gaming disorder so couldn't even come up with a good name for it a bad b not real because all right what what so what are we calling why are we calling it a disorder because people are doing that instead of other things could you consider like a job a disorder you have That's, you have profession disorder you go to work for eight to 15 hours a day depending on your job and depending I mean, some on people the time do i know that you're slightly exaggerating but there are people who who will not say no and then will put on who will take on more and more work i mean not not necessarily in our industry but just in uh in other industries they'll work and work and work so they can make their way up faster i mean that happens people do that and people like working more than they are some people few people maybe 
like work more than they like uh, their personal life. Yeah. And maybe that is their personal life. Could be. But that's... that's. But, yeah, but is that a disorder? I, is that... Is exactly. A, is that a... Uh, narcissism? Do you like the way you look? That's not narcissism, is it? I think so. Is it like you're better than... You think you're better than everybody else? I feel like it would lead to that, though, right? Because you're just like, oh, I'm better than you. I'm putting in all the work. and <laughs> Narcissism. <laughs> I'm not. This is not... Urban Dictionary. Uh, Excessive or erotic interest in oneself or one's physical appearance. Okay. So, edit. (laughs) But also, from a psychology standpoint, extreme selfishness. Yeah. Grandiose view of your own talents and a craving for admiration. So, yeah. Yeah, So There you go. All right, there we go. Good job, Steve. I learned something I appreciate that. We'll use the admiration standpoint because i feel like someone who wants to take on more work wants to be admired and wants to be in a position of power and ultimately when you get in a position of power you are admired or you are put on a pedestal so that's also a disorder narcissistic personality disorder yeah but but are we saying that's what that is and now we're getting away from the gaming thing but how far but, you, how no, far the, do you go like is the is arguments addiction. are valid yeah ex- exactly if you can call one thing a disorder you know yeah. oh gaming disorder you can call it, especially by the parameters that they're setting within um, i mean it just sounds like addiction to me i mean if you're if you're drinking during work hours or or doing drugs during work hours it's that's a disorder probably you know if you can't help yourself to stop and you have to do it every day and you do it during times where you should not be doing it that's probably addiction and i feel like gaming should fall under addiction rather than its own disorder it's like oh millions of people play it yeah, uh, it's a mental illness uh gaming disorder according to the who pattern of behavior for at least 12 months in which gaming is out of control okay well you're going to need to define out of control the pattern of behavior must show an increased priority given to gaming to the point that gaming quote takes precedence over other interests and daily activities and and one of the last requirements a quote continuation or escalation of gaming despite the occurrence of negative consequences unquote or behavior that affects one's relationships, education, or occupation. This could mean that a teenager may play video games instead of doing homework and end up failing a test. Okay. So what if diagnose they, me now because I did that? Yep. What well, What if you wanted to hang out with your friends instead instead of studying for a test? Yeah. Is that a disorder because especially, you want to have friends? Especially now that gaming is not it's social. Not me in particular. I don't. I play all single player. But for other people who are actually good at video games, the reason I don't play multiplayer is because I suck. But people who play multiplayer video games with either people in the same room or online or wherever, you know, it's a social environment it's not you know gaming instead of i get doing other things but you're not necessarily sacrificing any sort of social activity or daily activity i mean the only thing that i can think is is like a a valid argument is that you're not exploring the world you're not you're not enjoying the outdoors right but you're still being social you're hanging out with your friends you're doing it in an efficient manner because you're not wasting gas you're not hurting the environment in that way um and you're you know developing friendships over video games you're having that's entertainment it's fun i don't know i mean 
you could now now if you go into the anger aspect of video games which happens hmm. sometimes mm. they have linked uh people playing a lot of video games to anxiety and depression so get uh, better play, <laughs> get good is what they say <laughs> i get beat at fifa all the time and yeah sometimes i get mad but i've just come to the conclusion that i'm bad at it so now i don't get mad anymore <laughs> but you see videos all the time of people just spiking their controllers whipping their controllers into the television like breaking the tv breaking the controller i mean oh dude i got a good one so there was a uh there's this game that people would play online or maybe it was even people who would play twitch they uh fans would call the swat team and the swat team would raid the house and there was a case where one of the Twitch streamers got killed. He was killed by one of the SWAT team members because he didn't know what was going on. He just heard like gunshots and stuff. Yeah, from I'm the sure he freaked game. out. And oh, no, I'm sure he like heard his door bust up and he freaked out and they shot him because they thought he was whoever put in the the, uh, the call. Plane, the SWAT the call. team. Yeah, it was like he's he got guns or he's got whatever. And or he might now have been that's playing the game. A he might have been playing the game, and then they heard the gunshot in yeah. the game, and so they freaked out. Yeah. If uh, if you were gaming takes you to that point where you're calling the SWAT team on someone else, either as a joke, as a prank, or as like, oh, I need to get one up on this guy and get him distracted so I can kill him in the game. That's, That's sad, a problem. Dude. That's sad. Um, just an FYI relating to the WHO uh, recognizing gaming disorders and mental illness. It is possible that in the future we see that covered under health insurance if you seek really? treatment for gaming disorder. Which, given the loose guidelines that they uh, have for what gaming disorder includes, uh, I think we all can can venture in. <laughs> if you yeah, if you play on your phone or if you play on the computer or if you play on your console at home, you know you fall under a, a very big bucket. Um, one thing that they have not, I guess, technically labeled as a mental illness yet or a mental health condition, is social media. Which you could argue is worse than gaming oh, because so of the worse. bullying and the uh, constant trying to keep up with it with other people in your circles. Well, you know, Steve, Melania Trump is taking on those internet bullies as her task. Is she? As the first lady. I thought she was the leader of the Space Force. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, we don't want to get partisan in here. We're not being partisan. We're just joking around. More like fartisan. Okay. <laughs> Jesus. I, don't, I think I might leave that in. <laughs> Just because that's so stupid. Speaking of stupid, Steven's favorite video game console is stupid. I don't, Dude, I don't even... You know what? Before we get into that, I want to go... What's your favorite video game, please? Because I said mine at the top of the show. We now need to hear your favorite video game of all time. And then we'll get into versus. There's one game that I played one weekend... I downloaded from Blockbuster that I loved. Blockbuster? Hold on. You got to tell the people what that is, first of all. (laughs) It was the original Redbox whenever people worked inside a building and you had to get get the uh, video game or DVD or whatever it was from the store. Uh, Well, anyways, this isn't my favorite game. Uh, I just want to say this real quick. It's called The Bouncer. Came out on PS2. First game I ever played for the PS2, it was the funnest game i've ever played because you never it was, in my life have it's I like uh what's the n64 game where you would you would 
walk around the screen and you would beat people up. It was almost like the Ninja Turtle game. Simpsons. No, it was... Well, there was a Simpsons arcade game where you just press the button and they would attack. You know what I'm talking about? The side-scrolling game? Yeah. But there was another game, something Force. Strike Force. Oh, God. Fighting Force. Did you ever play Fighting Force? Sure didn't. It was a 3D game where you'd pick up weapons and then you would have the meters above the enemy's head Mm -hmm. and then you would kill them and then you Mm -hmm. would go to the boss battle and... So there was a game like that for the PS2, and you would unlock characters constantly in the story. The story would change if you played the game over when you play with a new character, and there was like eight unlockable characters. Anyways, okay. that was the funnest game I ever pl- I remember playing on PS2. But the funnest game I, I, of all Your time. Favorite game. Not favorite funnest, game. Sorry. Favorite, favorite game. game of all time, Halo 2. I put more hours in that game than anything in my entire life, sadly, but I was really good at it. Would and you say you had a gaming disorder when this game was relevant? I was competitive. If if training to be good at something is a disorder, then I had a disorder. Then everyone has a disorder. Every athlete has a disorder, if that's the case. You know? Yeah, there you go. Anyways, that's my game. Halo 2, if you remember back in the day, had the perfect rating system, and it was just the funnest online game of all time. So, that's it. That's it. That's it. Versus. 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 We got the video game. Versus. 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 Favorite generation of consoles. Console. Go. Favorite generation. Bruh. Bruh. Bruh, bruh, bruh. (laughs) Favorite console? Sega Dreamcast. (laughs) Just kidding. Uh, For all you video game people out there, you'll laugh at that. That's a joke. You'll laugh. I knew one guy who had a Sega Dream. For everyone else, you're going to be like, what the hell is this guy talking about? Um, That's whenever the N64 was out. PS1, N64. But that's that's my favorite generation. Okay. Yeah. The PS1 was revolutionary. A lot of people don't know. You could actually connect to the internet using the PS1. Oh, that's sad. Dial-up? Yeah. Um, Pretty wild. Um, Speeds were terrible. But you could. It was really amazing. Um Anyway, the N64, in my opinion, is the greatest console of all time. Um, The controller specifically uh, was innovative and changed the way controllers were made for the rest of forever. It was good, with the exception of it was too wide. Oh, I agree. And it it made no sense with, like, all the C buttons and stuff. But I never never gripped both. It gave you the joystick. The joystick was the best part, right? Uh, which, if you ever look online, the joystick turned into the same joystick that was used on the Wii. And the exact same thing had the joystick in the front, and, and all the DualShock the controllers uh, with the, with out the, there now um, are now based with vibration. On, yeah, um, and you could have all plug it like plugins for the uh, controllers. You had memory cards. It was one of the first systems that you know that with the PS One you yeah, could develop. That's right. And actually save progress, which when you look at these memory cards, they were like eight megabytes of memory. Yeah, and you had to pay <laughs> forty bucks for it. It was amazing. Stupid. You think about eight megabytes now, that's like may you're not putting maybe a on song there. on iTunes or right. something. Um so yeah, that generation like paved the way for future generations, not just in the console, uh or not just in the controller, but in the consoles as well. Um and that's when we really switched with Sony, the PS1, that was their first kind of breakthrough into the market with discs. So you had different consoles with 
one you know might have cartridges one might have discs uh the dreamcast i think was discs as well uh you had other models from nintendo coming out at the time of like their different game boys so you really had a lot of advances going on in and around that time what was that late 90s i guess early 2000s early 2000s i guess gamecube would have been you know right after that but Mm -hmm. Yeah. What was with the GameCube? That was PS2, Xbox One, and GameCube, right? Not Xbox One. Or the oh, original sorry, the Xbox. First, the first yeah. Xbox. I forgot the regular Xbox. Xbox came up with the stupidest name. <laughs> Stupid. Minus 10 points at Microsoft. <laughs> um, yeah, they lose. Yeah. N64, greatest console of all time, and Sweet that was console. the greatest generation. I did thoroughly enjoy the N64. I had one. I also had a PS1, which I wasn't very impressed with. There's not the game selection... Siphon filter. If you ever played that game, mm. you had a, you could get a taser, right? It's called an air taser. And so what would happen? You remember this? Someone would be on a building, and you'd press your air taser, and you would aim it at them, and the string of electricity would shoot up and aim and hit the guy, and you would see the stream of electricity, and he would shake. And if you held it long enough, he would catch on fire and <laughs> he would fall off the building. And I would do it to everybody. That's how I killed everybody because it was a stealth kill. And so you would just like sneak up and then you would zap him and just he'd go Arr. and then catch fire <laughs> and, and catch fire. I mean, you didn't have to leave it on that until he caught fire. He would die if you put it on for three seconds. But the fact that he would catch on fire was the greatest <laughs> thing of all time. Um, well, 64 was great. PS1 was not my favorite. Uh, but I would have to go with the X, the original Xbox because of uh, my favorite game. Because of Halo. Because of Halo. I played Halo 1. I, I actually originally had a PS2. I played that bouncer game, loved it. The first time I ever played Grand Theft Auto was on PS2. And I played with my dad. And we, <laughs> I remember it being like a snow day or snow week or whatever it was. And we ended up renting a game three or four days longer than we should have. And we just played Grand Theft Auto for like a week. And it was crazy. Uh, it was obviously revolutionary at its time. And uh, so just... Just a wild game. And I that, was probably too young for that game. That was uh, Microsoft's, you know, entrance into the market, right? They, had, the they Xbox. hadn't had much of anything until right. the Xbox. Because the PS1 had already been out. Microsoft's was, games before that were computer, basically. Um, Microsoft actually had a really good baseball game. I can't remember the name of it, but it had No More Garcia Part on the front of it. Never heard My of it. My boy. I think it was like a 2003 baseball game, but it was... Dude, that game was... I was crushing on that game. But that was a good game. Uh, Halo, obviously. And, uh, yeah, so just all the experiences I had, the amount of hours. I remember playing NCAA football. That was one of my favorite games. Um, Shout out to uh, Justin... Was it not Justin? Jordan Peel. What's Voorhees? Jason Voorhees and Freddy Krueger. That was my running back and my linebacker for my franchise okay. team. All right. So I was tearing it up, but uh my I remember my dad, I beat my dad so bad one time in football. Uh I would hit I, I would score and then I would kick an onside kick and then I would recover it and then I would score again and I got so good at onside kicks I would keep doing it to get the ball back. And my dad got so ba- mad that he broke one of the Mad Cat's controllers, like the old like the yeah. really hollowed out plastic controllers. He broke it, and he's like, "This, I don't, I'm never playing with you again." <laughs> I thought it was the funniest thing. It's an overreact. 
action. Yeah. But to I mean, go along it was, with... It was like me being rude, too. I mean, but. to go along with that generation, Steve, I think a good recommendation on episodes would be maybe episode number eight, available on our website, myshotoflife.com. Is that nostalgia? It's nostalgia. And so your association with uh, all of these fond memories leads you to, or at least help you make your decision... I agree. ...of uh, the greatest console generation. Tying it all together. Very nice. So, uh... You should leave us a comment somewhere with your favorite generation of consoles or favorite console or favorite game or, you know, what you thought was one of the most innovative items to come along uh, throughout your gaming experiences that helped impact and pave the way for other titles to come. Or tell us that we were wrong about our opinion and uh, send us death threats. Okay. (laughs) I'm just going to create like a fake account and yeah. start sending you death threats. Well, someone in the office sent us a Joe Mama account, so there's that. Is that a thing? Joe Mama? Joe Mama? Oh. That's an email address. Someone we know. Yep, someone we know. Who shall remain nameless. We won't give him a shout out. Nope, doesn't deserve, don't deserve it. it. All uh, right, last thing of the day. Uh, something I'm doing right now. Holding it in? Holding it in. Toilet talk. It's time Brought to you by Horizon Tireless. If you have to take a poop and you have no tires, call Horizon Tireless. They'll be at your car in LTE speeds. Sure. (laughs) They'll be there in 5G. (laughs) Oh, get them. That was really rough. Got them. Okay. We're still working on our improv skills. So, uh, yeah. Um, so let's talk about, you know, what got me thinking of this was trying to tie it into the video games where, you know, you're on a heavy session and this might be part of gaming disorder. I don't know. Why don't you ask the World Health Organization, a bunch of nerds. They seem to know everything. Um, anyway, uh, like holding it in, you know, you're right in the middle of a gaming session. You're in the last 10 of Fortnite playing online and, you know, you really have to pee, but you're not going to leave to just go pee in the middle of four. Like, you can't do that. You'll get killed. Mm-hmm. You know, that's that's not how it works. So, Stephen, do you have any crazy stories about a time where you, you know, held it in, whether it's, you know, number one, number two, you just kind of... Oh, dude, I got to go in. It, it didn't have anything it. to do with video games, though. Oh, well, I didn't Sadly. expect it to, okay. but I was just giving an example. Okay, I was going to say, because that, that's going to be really difficult to come up with something exactly like that. Now, I do, there are times where I'm playing, and it's like, all right, after this game, I'm going to use the bathroom, and then I play the game, and I'm like, I could play another game real quick, <laughs> <laughs> and I won't use the bathroom. So that's, that might go into that disorder. You know, we, we're both diagnosed, apparently. Uh, no, no, so at this one time, we were in the car, and uh, this is, I hope this doesn't sound super disgusting, but I had a pee. And uh, we're traveling, and then my dad's like, you know, we can't pull over yet. We're in traffic. And I was like, no, no, I have to go. And he's like, I get it. Like, you can hold it in. I was like, Dad, I've been holding it in for like an hour. I need to go. And it got to the point where my bladder had expanded. So, like, you have your stomach line, and then Mm -hmm. there's below that and above your, you know, it was expanding. Mm -hmm. And, like, if you touched it, I was probably going to pee my pants. (laughs) But it was, like, getting really big. I had to unbutton my pants because it was, like, so bloated looking. It was disgusting. And I probably went to the... We have eventually found a bathroom. Like, I didn't pee in my pants or I didn't pee in the car. Because, dude, I probably peed, like, a liter of, of uh, fluids. Yeah, fluids. <laughs> and, I mean, I was in there. I was counting because I was like, well, this is going to be a long one. And it had to have been, like, a minute and a half. It was so long. 
So that it was terrifying. Um, God, I hope I never go through that again because it, it did feel painful. It felt like if I would have kept holding it in for another 10 minutes, that something would have ruptured. Oof. Like it was that bad. How old were you at the time? Uh, I was definitely a teenager. I don't know how old though. Maybe 16. Mm. Mm. Yeah. What's your crazy story? I don't really have any stories. That is constant. I have a lot Canada's of holding it in. I have a lot of. <laughs> I do. I've had my <laughs> yeah, my bouts with uh, extreme dehydration, constipation, which uh, is just disastrous. I don't recommend it to anybody. If you can avoid it, try doing that instead of uh, relying on the saving grace of an enema, because those are disastrous. Um, they, they don't feel bad though, right? They just explosive yeah yeah yep yep that's a good way to put it um boom i don't i mean i have attempts to hold things in um no real good stories i've i've told one on toilet talk previously that's was kind of a disaster uh, ultimately ended well i made it to a toilet but um uh, i just think of opportunities to hold it you know if you get the window seat of an airplane mm-hmm. on a flight you know I've had instances where I've just kind of decided to hold it and wait until I landed at the airport, you know, those things. Um, But that's about it. I try and hold it. I once went, I drove about eight hours from Lexington, Kentucky to Raleigh, North Carolina, and did not stop once. Not for gas, not to pee, nothing. Um, You know, I had a full tank of gas when I left, and that was it. I just he wanted to get home. It was like a Sunday or something, and that was all. So uh, pretty valiant effort of holding it for eight hours during the day. When you get home, I'm sure you were ready. Oh, I relieved myself. Yeah. yeah. Well, there's always that feeling that whenever you're driving or whenever you're um, on the way home and then you get that urge, sudden urge to use the bathroom, and it's not even, it's not even like you've had to use it all this time, but... You get closer, and then it's like, oh, now I have to use the bathroom. But then your body's like, I can wait. Yeah. Because I know when I get to the bathroom, my own bathroom, bathroom. it's going to be my bathroom. I don't have to worry about anybody or anything. I can Mm. just enjoy it. Oh, yeah. Speaking of enjoying it, Steve, what did you think of the old Forester signature, 100 proof? You know, getting back into the whiskey game, which we've been out of for the past, you know, what, four or five episodes? Um, I thought it was just fine, man. I, I I wasn't overly impressed. I wasn't, and when I say that, I mean I don't think it. I thought it was above average, but I don't think it was Blanton's. Mm. You know, we still haven't we mm. haven't met that that thing that exceeded Blanton's yet. Um, which I'm not surprised. It was a, it was a great whiskey. Uh, in this case, above average. Uh, if I'm giving it a if I'm giving it a rating, I'm looking at like maybe a three point seven. Wow, that's pretty high, man. You think that's high? I, I thought it was still good. It was still smooth. It smelled great. I, I almost had like a, a caramelized uh, taste, like, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, I enjoyed it more whenever it was cooler. I guess we didn't really start drinking until the ice melted. <laughs> um, that added to the flavor Oops. a little bit, which is fine with me. Yeah, that initial sip was definitely a little a little more intense. Um, would you say 3.7? Yes, 3.7. Yeah, Um it's definitely something that you could just yeah enjoy, i thought it smelled know? better than it tasted which yeah tends to fair. be the case with me and most whiskeys um for a hundred proof i mean it was good um definitely oh, i forgot it was than, so 
I forget it was so heavy. Yeah, fifty percent alcohol, which is surprising uh, which because it's you know ten percent more than most other whiskeys hitting in at about eighty proof or forty percent or no, they're like forty five I think so about ninety proof so yeah. nothing too crazy. Um, I think the original Old Forester is about is eighty six proof I believe. Uh, kind of a different uh, style. Mm-hmm. But this was good. Uh, it tasted a little burnt to me in the aftertaste, oh, really? um, which I didn't necessarily not like. You know, it was okay. Um, but I'm going to slot it in about a three. I think okay. that's a, a fair assessment on my end. Uh, for 100 proof, it's solid. Uh, if you want to drink it, go for it. I'm sure it'll mix well, too. It uh, wasn't, you know, overbearing in any way. Now, what's the price point for something like this? <sighs> not super expensive. It's a little more pricey than the the old forester original but mm. it's not gonna break the bank uh like some of the other old foresters that we're gonna the eventually try yeah we're gonna take in on some of the future episodes we have here so i think that's it uh kind of excited to possibly announce some future operations of the my shot of life podcast uh we are transitioning to a bi-weekly system here in order to get a better focus on uh some of our personal lives some of our personal lives and uh, also with um future projects future projects there you go steve yeah it's uh i think it's going to benefit um us uh, especially steve with his editing um but just wanted to inform you all of that change Moving over to bi-weekly, uh, hopefully we can give you some better content there on the podcast end, and stay tuned for future products that, projects, we will pursue and offer to you, the listener, and also the viewer in the future. Um, thanks again, guys, for supporting the podcast and giving us a listen. Remember to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes so you can stay up to date on all of our content if you feel so inclined please rate and leave us a review it really helps to drive our exposure don't forget to check out our website myshotoflife.com and give us a follow on social media at myshotoflife on twitter and instagram in addition to itunes please check out our soundcloud and our stitcher where we will be posting episodes each week Mm, bi-weekly Feel free to reach out to us through our various outlets with comments and suggestions on future episode topics, as well as different drinks to try and to rate. That's it for us at the My Shot of Life podcast station. We hope that you drink responsibly and always remember, drinks are better with friends. 